If you have your Bibles, the book of Esther, chapter 4. And as Pastor Ruben was saying, um, we're going to be starting a fast tomorrow. For those who, who want to fast, if you, if, you're, if you don't want to fast, I encourage you to fast. It will change your life in a very good way. How many of you have ever fasted and it changed your life in a very positive way? You've gotten closer to the Lord. And uh, Jesus didn't say, if you fast. He didn't say, if you want to fast. He didn't say, you, you don't have to fast. He says, when you fast. And that's the book of Matthew, chapter 6, um, in verse uh, 16 through 18. But I want to preach a message today entitled, Turning the Tables on the Enemy. Turning the Tables on the Enemy. Have you ever been a place in your walk with God where you're going forward for the Lord and it, it maybe uh, something is going on in your life and you feel like you're spiritually drowning? You feel like the more you try to, you know, get to the surface, the more weighty the weights become. You're uh, discouraged. You're going through a lot of, of things in your life. And you're like, disappointment after disappointment, and you feel like you're in a sea of discouragement. You know, I'm encouraged to tell you about an awesome thing, a weapon that God has given us inside of our life, and it's the weapon of fasting. And we know that there's a weapon of prayer that we do pray, we seek the Lord. We know that there's the weapon of praise when we worship the Lord. But I want to talk about, even there's the weapon of giving, as Pastor uh, Ruben was talking about. When we give, it, it does something inside of our life. But the weapon of fasting is a weapon that we see all throughout the Word of God. There's different types of fasts. There's different lengths of fast. Uh, there's different individuals in the Bible, both men and women, who fasted and whom God had used in a tremendous way. Fasting seen in the Old Testament, fasting seen in the New Testament, all throughout the Bible, there's different kinds of fasts. There's the Daniel fast that many of us are going to be doing, and that means that you're just eating fruits and vegetables and water. Then there's those who are going to be doing the juice fast where you're going to be drinking juice uh, for maybe a certain amount of time. And then there's those who are going to do a full fast where all you're doing is drinking water. And you're going to, God's going to give you a length of time where uh, you're going to be just drinking water and seeking the face of the Lord. But regardless of which fast you're doing, if we do it God's way, we're going to get a reward. And if you feel like the enemy's up against your tail and at the tail of your family and the table of your destiny, and you feel like the enemy's just coming full force against you, how many want to get the enemy back? Because inside of our life, the enemy will attack us to destroy our destiny. He'll attack us to destroy the destiny even of our kids, the destiny of our, our grandchildren. But today, I want to turn the tables on the enemy, and I want to show you how God does it. Um, and today, if you're going through anything today, and you're just like, I, I don't know if I could fast. You know what? The reality is this. God will give you the grace for whatever fast he, he gives you to fast. So the book of Esther, chapter 4. In verse 15, and right here we see an awesome portion of scripture, how God uses women for his kingdom. Girl power. God's power jumps over the women, and God uses this woman by the name of Esther in a tremendous way. And we know um, that Esther was a queen 
there. And in uh, chapter 4, verse 15, give you a little bit of the context. Esther's uncle, Mordecai, he was a, a, a citizen there. And when a wicked man by the name of Haman would come around, everyone would bow down. But Mordecai, he did not bow down. And Haman became enraged. He became very angry. How many of us know that pride will make us angry? It'll make us angry and mad. And the Bible says that Mordecai did not bow down to the enemy. How many of us know we can't bow down to the enemy? And so the Bible says that Mordecai, day after day, he didn't bow down, and people would start noticing. And Haman, he said, you know what? I'm really angry. I'm mad. I'm going to destroy Mordecai. But not only Mordecai, but his whole people all the Jewish people. And guess what Esther was? She was a Jew. She was a Mexican Jew. She was fully Jew. I just was making sure you were awake today. She was fully Jew, a Jewish woman. And the king didn't even know, but since Haman was a political advisor of King Xerxes, he came to King Xerxes and said, hey, there's some people, they don't listen to you. They rebel against you, and we need to annihilate them. And King Xerxes didn't know what was going on. He goes, you know what? Go ahead. You could, we could annihilate them. And the Bible says that Mordecai and the Jewish people, they all found out about it. And Mordecai, he, was, he, was, he declared a fast. He said, we need to fast. He, he, he even sent a message over there to uh, Esther. I don't even know how he sent the message, but it got into the king's palace. And he told Esther, Esther, you need to talk to the king about what's going on with Haman. He wants to annihilate us Jewish people. And the Bible says that you kind of see that Esther, at first she was hesitant. And she said, well, what's going on? You know, if I go visit the king, that I can die if I go there. Have you ever been in a decision where you can lose a lot when you're standing for righteousness? You will face that place. Maybe at school, maybe at your job. But standing for righteousness, there's a price tag. And Esther, she was in a place of prominence, and she could say, you know what, I'm not going to say nothing. But Mordecai says something very interesting to her. He goes, you know what, if you don't do nothing, deliverance is going to come from some other place. But who knows, you can be at this place for such a time as this. And all of a sudden, it kind of shook Esther, but I want to tell you that God has placed us in our neighborhood, in this generation for such a time as this. We see the wickedness of abortion. We see the wickedness of sexual sin. We see the wickedness taking place throughout the world. We see the wickedness of homosexuality. We see the wickedness of pornography. We see the wickedness of human trafficking all throughout the world today, especially in Los Angeles County. And God has called us to be a remnant for such a time as this. And if you're here today and you're battling anything, the battle's real, but today God wants to turn the tables on the enemy. Esther, she kind of came to grips with what was going on. She's seen what Mordecai, her uncle, was saying, and she sent a message back to him in chapter 4, verse 15. The Bible says, when Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Everyone say, fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and my attendants will fast as you do. 
when this is done, I will go to the king even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Why don't we go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do through this 21-day fast. Lord, we pray that you would give each, every, every one of us here today a, a day, a time, a certain fast to do. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the grace for the fast, myself included, for whatever you've called me to do. But I pray, Lord, that even if there's anyone here that doesn't think fasting's real, I pray you show them through your word, through today's message, and through confirmation of, of your Holy Spirit. I pray right now, Lord, that during these 21 days, you would turn the tables on the enemy. If there's anyone here discouraged, you will turn the table to a table of encouragement. If there's anyone here battling certain sins, God, that you would give them victory over that for the remainder of their life, that this would be a watershed fast, Lord, that changes the destiny of their life, of their families, in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people give Jesus the praise. And we all said amen and amen. I remember when I was like, 11 years old, I told my mom, I'm going to fast today. It was a Friday night, a Friday. And she goes, okay. She goes, she goes, what are you fasting for? I forgot what I told my mom, but I probably said, I'm fasting for revival in this church. I don't know. How many know when you fast, you have a reason why you're fasting? It may be a person. It may be a situation. It may be for whatever you're going through, but you have a purpose while you're fasting. I told my mom, I'm fasting. And then about 11 o'clock came, I started getting hungry. 12 o'clock came, I said, mom, can you make me a sandwich? I don't know what I told her. Mom, can you make me something? She goes, no, you're fasting. She forced me to fast. My mom forced me to fast. Mom, if you're watching, it worked. Thank you for making me fast. Because if I didn't fast that day, I probably wouldn't even be preaching right now. I remember years ago, probably in 2004, having a dream. And in this dream, I was walking in a very dark place. It was, it was a dark city. I was walking, and I came around this building, and this building was on fire. It was literally on fire. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I went closer to the building. I heard people praising and worshiping, and then I opened the doors and got into it. was a church, and in that church, I go, what are you guys doing because this place is on fire? And they're like, we're fasting. We're fasting. And as believers, as Christians, God has called you and I to fast. And if you want to be a dead Christian, deader than a door, uh, doornail, don't pray. Don't fast. Don't, don't read your Bible. Just watch TV. But if you want to be alive and you want to be on fire for the Lord, throw some gasoline of the Holy Ghost on yourself through the power of fasting and prayer. Getting around people of God and it's going to shake you up. So my mom, she passed on a legacy of fasting to my life, and now I got to pass on that legacy to my kids. And this was passed down to Esther from her uncle Mordecai. But let me give you some more context. See, Haman, he wanted revenge on Mordecai. The Bible says that he came with a very wicked negative report. He came to King Xerxes with a negative report found in Esther chapter 3, verse 8. He said these words. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, There is a certain people dispersed among the people of all the providences of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those of all other people, and they do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. 
And if it pleases the king, let's decree a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. So the king took the signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of Hamathiah, the Agite, the enemy of the Jews. And now that's important to, to see that. The enemy of the Jews. As believers, we have enemies. But we can't see them. As believers, we have enemies, but we cannot see them. The enemy of the Jews, and do this with the people as you please. Mordecai found out about this negative report. The king agreed to this negative thing to take place. The Jews were going to be annihilated by Haman. And all those wicked people there, and all 127 providences there under King Xerxes. The Bible says that something took place when the fast begun. The Bible said they began to fast, they began to pray. And as they were praying, guess what happened to Haman? Haman, he began to get elevated in the natural realm. Sometimes when we fast, things get worse. Sometimes when we fast, you're going to start the fast tomorrow, you're going to be like, oh, man, man, Pastor Reuben was talking about that fast. And, you know, that guy and uh, Danny was talking about the fast. So you're going to start fast. And then all of a sudden you're going to go to work and some people are going to have your favorite pastry there. They're going to, the, the coworker that hates you is going to buy you a burrito. That always happens. The coworker that despises you is going to say, hey, you want to go to Lucille's? They're really, they're really fast there in delivery. We, we just take our order and they're going to bring it right to our car. We can eat there in the parking lot together. <laughs> you're going to get headaches the first day. You're going to be irritated. Demons are going to start manifesting out of you. The demon of Bonduce is going to be coming out of you. The, de the demon of Lucky Charms is going to come out of you. All these, you're going to be... A, But something's taking place. The Bible says that Haman began to get elevated. The Bible says that he began to get elevated. He went home and he told his wife and his sons, he goes, you know what, I don't like Mordecai. What do you think I should do? And his wife said something very wicked. She says, why don't you make some gallows and why don't you kill him and why don't you impale him on those gallows about 50 feet, 70 feet high in front of our house. And he goes, hey, that's a good idea. Why don't we build some? Go build some right now. The Bible says that Esther finished her three-day fast. How many of us know the fast is going to end? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. She finished the fast, and the Bible says that she went to the king, and, and going to the king's presence was something that she could have literally died if he didn't extend his scepter out and her right hand touch it, I believe. So she went to the king. The Bible says she went there. She thought she may die. She got open the door to the king's entrance. The Bible says the king seen her with favor. When we fast, there's favor from the king. He extended the scepter. Esther touched the scepter, and he said, what do you want? She goes, I'm not going to tell you yet. We, we need to talk, but I need Haman here too. He goes, okay, let's, 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 let's have a meeting with Haman. 
the next day, the Bible says that Haman came in there with Esther. There were King Xerxes. And she, he goes, Esther, what do you want? She goes, you know what I want? I want my life. And I want the life of my people. There's, there's a decree against us to annihilate us. How many of us know the enemy has decreed to annihilate us? The enemy has decreed to annihilate this church. The, the enemy has decreed to annihilate your marriage. The, the enemy has decreed to annihilate your children. There is a decree against us. There's something coming against us. And right now it might look really bad in the natural. But through this 21-day fast, I know that God's going to speak to hearts I know that God's going to, some of you feel like, I, I'm drowning, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. You're going to get on a lifeboat with the presence of Jesus, and the storm is going to stop. The anointing's going to flow. God is going to give you exactly what you need inside of your life. You're going to have a fresh anointing for 2021, and you're going to take off like a sprint runner full of the Holy Spirit. Because right now, we're in a place where the enemy is coming against us, even in December. December is a month where witches fast against churches. They don't wait till January. They do it at the end of December to stop what God wants to do. You say, why am I going through so many attacks? Why does I, do I feel like my praise, I can't even praise like I need to. I can't even get that breakthrough like I need to. I can't even give like I need to. The enemy has decreed against you and against me. And the Bible says that Esther said, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you, King Xerxes. There's a decree against us. But I asked for, for my life. I asked for my, for my people. And the king said, who, who did this? She goes, the wicked, vile Haman did this. See, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Haman wanted to do to the Jewish people, God's people. But I want to say that Christ came that we may have life. And life more abundantly. That God wants to give us life, spiritual life. And maybe you're here today, you made a, a very hard decision for righteousness. You stood for righteousness and you feel like Haman's being elevated. I'm here to tell you without a shadow of a doubt, as you look at God's word, guess what? God always gets the last laugh. And he is on the throne. And so we see something very powerful right here. The Bible says that all of a sudden that the king said, Haman, you're done. You're dead. The tables had turned. And then all of a sudden one of the king's servants says, hey, King Xerxes, I got something I need to tell you. Look at your neighbor and say, I got something I need to tell you. He said these words. He said, I heard Haman built gallows 50 feet high to kill Mordecai. You know what King Xerxes says? He says, those gallows hang Haman. The tables had turned. See, God turns the tables on the devil. When you and I fast and we pray. And Jews today still celebrate Purim, a day of victory. And they, they feast and they, they give gifts to each other. Why? Because the victory that God brought through this fast. And I'm here to tell you that there's been times in my life where I didn't know what to do. All I could do was fast, and God gave me the grace to fast, and God gave me the, the, the unction, and you know what God did? He gave me that, that strength that I needed for that season in my life. So today, whatever season you're going through, God wants to give you victory. But we're going to have to get out of the fridge. We're going to have to get out of McDonald's. 
We're going to have to get at Burger King. And we have to get into his word. I want to talk today about God's chosen fast. One man said, fasting begets prophets. Fasting makes lawgivers wise. It is the soul's safeguard, the body's trusted comrade, the armor of the champion. Now, there's some ways that we should not fast. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 3 through 5, the people came to God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and you exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fist. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. This is the kind of fast that I've chosen only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it for the bowing of one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Pastor David Williams in his book called The Miracle Result, The Miracle Results of Fasting, he writes about some of the roadblocks we don't want to do during this fast for those who are going to fast. And I'm not going to tell you to raise your hand because you say, Pastor, I'm not, I don't want to fast. But one of the things I want to say to you, when you see the blessings and the rewards that God gives to those who do fast, you're going to say, man, I wish I would have fasted. First one is don't fast to compete. Don't be like, okay, you're going to do a 10-day, then I'm going to do a 20-day. Oh, you're going to do a, just with distilled water, then you know what, I'm going to do with no water. And we could get that holier-than-thou attitude. And so Jesus, he says to the Pharise- that the Pharisees, that they would do this, and they would lose their reward. See, if we're not going to be eating, we want the full rewards. <laughs> we want the full rewards. So fasting with a competitive spirit, it'll hinder what God wants to do. And if we're fasting to compete, guess what? We lost our reward. Another fast that we don't want to do, something to stay away from. Everyone say, stay away from. Fasting and showy display. And what that means is that you let everyone know you're fasting. Your whole world revolves around your fast. See, I got a confession to say for pastor's kids. Pastor's kids, when their parents fast, the kids fast. But we have to change that. I remember when my parents would be fasting, there was hardly any food in the house. Like, oh, Jesus, why? Why are my parents fasting? Oh, God. I remember one time they went on a long fast. Oh, my gosh, it was so long. It was my senior year of high school. Pastor Reuben, we would go from commercial building to commercial building, and it was hot in Fresno. For you that have ever been there, you know it's hot. And they went on this 40-day fast, my dad. I don't remember how long it was. I just remember it felt longer than 40 days. But I remember the end. I remember that I was there working summer job at Child Protective Services there, getting a call and just say, hey, we got a building. We bought our own church building. That church building is like this building right here. You know what? There was only 30 to 35 people in that church and we raised $137,500 in six months. We didn't have a lot of money. We, we didn't really have a lot of money. We just had fasting and prayer and saying, Jesus, please. I remember us going to that church and laying hands on it, saying, in the name of Jesus, 
let us get this building. Let us get this building. And in that church, I got married in that church. In that church, I seen God do tremendous things. I, that church is still going. I was watching that church this morning. There's another generation rising up of men and women who love Jesus. But I know it was connected to what? Fasting. It was connected to fasting and prayer. So when you fast, don't let the whole world know. Another one is fasting to boast. We know those two men praying and, and they were there in the synagogue and they are praying, a Pharisee and a tax collector. And the Pharisees, oh, Lord, I thank you that I'm a tither. I thank you, Lord, that I pay my tithes online every Friday, every Thursday. You know, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this guy who doesn't pay his tithes because I'm always watching him. He never walks to the basket and I don't see him grab his phone. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, you, he goes, and I thank you, Lord, that I fast twice a week. Probably fasted Wednesday and Friday. But it was legalism. To, it was religion to him. And the Bible says that the sinner was there, and he just said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And Jesus said something very profound. He goes, the sinner, the tax collector, went home justified, not this Pharisee. So you and I, when we fast, Let's not boast about it. And let's not, you know what I did. I remember when I did the 30-day. I remember when I did a 40-day. I remember when I did, no. Let's let God get all the glory. Let's let God get all the glory. Because when he gets all the glory, he gives rewards. So let's talk about fasting in a way that pleases God. How many want to please God? You know, as the worship was playing, you could feel the unction of the Holy Ghost but as they were praying, he went to some place about the heart. This year, 2021, it's all about the heart. Amen. Giving our heart to the Lord. Lord, restore unto me a, a, new, a righteous heart. But the Bible says in verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 58, it says, Is this not the kind of fast that I have chosen to loosen the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free? To break every yoke, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Then when you see the naked, you clothe them and, and do not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Now let me say this interesting Jewish note about fasting. Jews, they fast about 25 days. They're orthodox a year. But they don't fast on Sundays. Some of you are like, I'm Jewish. You know what? I want to say something very important. If you're here and you fast and you get to the place and you eat something, you get a chip, you get a Dorito, and, and you're there and the devil's saying, look at you. You're not going to get your breakthrough. You know, the devil, he's a legalist. One of my favorite preachers is Lou Engle. I love Luingo. And I, I was studying for the sermon, and I got a book from Luingo. I opened it up. And he gets to this point. He's talking about how one day he was fasting, and he ate some yogurt and some chips. And you know what? When I look at Luingo, I always see him, you know, just, you know, what he does. 
I just see what he what does for the kingdom, his 40-day fasts, the call, I think at all these things that he's done. But he talked about how he has even broken fasts. Kind of like that tire that just sounded like it exploded over there. <laughs> but you know what he says he does? He says he starts it again. And I'm here to tell you, you might be on your second day and you might eat a chip, but don't let that stop you from saying, you know what, I'm going to start again tomorrow. Lou Engle, this man has had very successful fasts, but he says that even now sometimes he has a little bit of coffee with it. But how many of us know that the enemy will say, hey, look at you. You, you, you barely did one day, and look at you. You, can, you can't even know whatever you do. If you do it for the glory of God, God has a reward for you. He does. Another thing that we got to do during this fast is we need to confess our sin. We need to confess our sin. During times of fasting, we see that there's things in our life that we need to bring to Jesus. There's nothing better than being clean by the Holy Ghost, being cleansed from our sins, renouncing our sins, renouncing and saying, Lord, as you're fasting, um, you're, you're praying, you're seeking the Lord, and a sin may come to your, your mind, you say, God, forgive me for that sin, God. Forgive me for that sin. Lord, thank you for your mercy. You renounce it, and you have forgiveness inside of your life. As you're fasting, there's going to be things that come to your mind, and when those things come to your mind, say, God, forgive me, Lord. Lord, I pray for a cleansing. You know, fasting is something that you're saying, God, I, I'm sorry I'm sorry for the sin, God. And you're saying, I want to turn. I want to repent. I want to go forward for you. So confess your sin. And if you're here today, you don't think you have no sin, you're sinful because you're prideful. We all have sins. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Maybe it's the way you talk to your wife. Maybe it's the way you talk to your kids. Maybe it's the way that you certain things that come into your life, the way, the way that your flesh just wants to rise up. We all are sinners, and we all need the grace of Jesus Christ inside of our life because God wants to bring a revival through you. He wants to turn the tables against the enemy through you. Hallelujah. Another thing that you want to do, when you, the times you usually eat, spend time in God's word. So if you're, it's the time you usually eat, you say, Pastor, I eat five times a day. <laughs> You say, you know, I usually eat at this time. At that time, get your Bible. If it's break time at, school, at, at work, what do you do? You go to your car, you open up your Bible, you turn on a good preaching. You turn on, we have a good, good preachers in our fellowship. We have some, my wife listened to three preachers today. I'm the third pr preacher she heard today. <laughs> but you go home, you listen to a good anointed message. You turn off the Netflix. You turn off the internet, and you get into God. You don't want to be full of the wrong things when you're doing God's thing. Because there's some things that can be the good things, but they're the wrong thing when you're seeking the face of God. There's so many voices we hear. We need to find the voice of God. You need to, I can't find it for you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. My job is to preach to you. 
My job is to be an example to you. But there's certain things that God, he wants to be intimate with you and speak. And what does the Bible say? My sheep hear my voice. Another thing that we do is we worship. Hallelujah. We worship. We spend time with the Lord. Jesus said, true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and truth. I want to tell you, when you're fasting, after about the third day, fourth day, there's a breakthrough where you get to a different place and all you see is Jesus. You're in the presence of the Lord. When you're in that place, you don't even want to eat no more. You're like, I'm so good. Jesus, you're better than pizza. Your presence is amazing, God. And God gives you revelation after revelation and insight after insight. And if you're about to get married, I encourage you to fast. If you're about to join a partnership, I encourage you to fast. If you're about to make a big decision, I encourage you to turn off the TV, to seek the face of God, to fast and pray. Why? Because in that place, you hear the voice of God, and you don't need to hear any other voice except the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. The blessings that are released after the fast. How many want some blessings in your life? Hallelujah. Blessings. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 18, Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who sees what is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Ever say, he will reward me. He will reward me. Oh, man, that's good. Just reading that text. The Bible says in Isaiah 58, Verse 8, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Your healing will quickly appear. And your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. How many know there's some attacks in the back we don't even see? But God, he protects us in the back and in the front and every side. Then you will call and the Lord will answer you will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger, malicious talk, and you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Oh, Jesus, that's so good. Oh, Jesus, that's so good. Have you ever felt like you were in a really dark place? Then your light will rise in the darkness the darkness of depression, discouragement, anxiety, and worry. When you get into that place of fasting, it removes all of that, and you're in the sun. Guess what? You read Revelation, there's no night in heaven. The sun shines all the time. And when you're fasting, I want to tell you, there's no night in your spiritual walk. You're in the presence of the king. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in his sun-scorched land. And he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden. Like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. And will repair up the age-old foundations. You will be called a repairer of the broken wells. A restorer of streets with dwellings. Oh my gosh. There's some things that we cannot fix on our own strength. Only God can fix. 
Pastor David Williams in his book. He said that in the church there was a lot of bad things going on. He said he didn't know where it was coming from, but he was just hearing reports. He said a lot of bad things, sad time. And he said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do, Lord? And he said that he went to a church and he heard a tape about fasting. Tapes. Remember tapes? And he said they're selling it. And he said that when he went to the table, the, tape, the, the, the tapes were all gone. And he was like, man, I wanted to look at that tape. I wanted to hear about fasting. He went to his church. He's looking through his church. He goes to the bookstore. He goes, hey, have you heard about that fasting tape? And they're like, no, it's not here. He goes, let me go look in the warehouse. He went in the warehouse, couldn't find it. There was not there. Finally, someone found it. And they said, pastor, we found it. We found the tape about fasting. And said, pastor, did you know you're the one who preached about it? It was your tape 10 years ago. And how many of us are kind of like that? We know that it's powerful. We know that it's good. We know that when we barely gave our life to the Lord, we did it very often. But as the years go by, we kind of start looking to other things. We start looking to other voices. We start looking to other methods. And Pastor David Williams said he began to listen to that tape, and God began to deal with him. And began to think about that time and said, you know what, I need to fast again. I need to start fasting again. And he went on a fast. And you know what God did? He brought healing and restoration to his church. And that church began to send other churches out. God began to bring increase to that church. God began to bring young people and old people and all people. And that church was a mission-driven church. And that church is still standing today there in Michigan. But you know what? Let me tell you one thing. I, I hope you get this. You know what? Fasting works. When you come to Jesus, say, Jesus... I need your help. I want to fast. I want to honor you. I want to hear your voice. What does God do? He changes our life. He changes us. We see he changes our life. Today as the worship team makes their way up, I know there's people watching online, and I want to say to you as you're watching that God loves you. You may be sick in body, you may be just tuning in to this broadcast because you heard, maybe a friend invited you. But I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. And whether you're battling depression or discouragement or sickness, we wanted you to know we care about you and we're praying for you. We want to see God do a miracle in your life. But the miracle that God does is the miracle of transforming our life through being born again. And if you're out there and you're watching confessing through faith that Jesus Christ is Lord and turning from your sins. Turning away from them, forsaking them, and turning to Jesus. And we would love to lead you to Christ. We would love to send you a Bible. We would love to invite you to our church. If you're in this area, or refer you to a great Bible-believing church wherever you're watching. But right there where you're watching, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, I want you just to bow your head in your living room, at your home, in your car, wherever you may be. And I want you to say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died and that you rose again. From this day forward, Lord, my life is yours. Thank you, Jesus for dying on the cross for me.
And right now, what we want to do is we just want to pray for you, right? We're at our church here in Whittier. We're going to pray for you. Lord, right now we pray for all those who are watching online that you would strengthen them, you would encourage them, you would bless them, that you would help them. And whatever they're facing, Lord, if it's COVID-19, heal their body from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, if it's anxiety or discouragement or depression or suicide, we pray for healing upon their mind, their heart, their marriage. If they're single, we pray for them as a single God that you would heal them, you would strengthen them, and we pray that you'd have your way inside of their life in the mighty name of Jesus. We all said amen. And I just want to say if you're watching, we're praying for you. Our church here, the remnant of Whittier, we're praying for you. We're believing God for you. And God has a great plan. We would love to have you come and join us. Amen.